Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the marketing minds at doyouconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. We are here, episode number 24. I'm going to say this every week, but it's already episode number 24. This is crazy. And I don't know if you know this, but we've had over 8,000 downloads so far, individual downloads. We got to No, that's not counting the. Well, that does count, actually, the 4,000 from our own family and friends that we just beg to pay attention to. I have a big family. Yes, there's a a lot of us out there. There's 35. Oh yeah. man, but yeah, that's a lot of countries. I'm surprised on the on the stats and some of this. The UAE, which is the United Arab Emirates, that's interesting. I don't that know anyone out there. I know of people that work out there, but not in real estate. Interesting. That's awesome though. Australia. I, do you know anyone in Australia? We I do know someone in Australia. Yeah. Someone. Okay. Uh, Eve. With Eve, I change. I do. Yes. Yep. 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 I know Eve as well. Uh, UK, United Kingdom. I know a few out there, but no one in real estate. So that's, that's interesting. Canada. I know some Canadians. And then the U.S. Sound effects. Was- I love it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do a better job on the top five states. So working from state number five. Now, state what do you five. think, uh, Andrew, if you weren't looking at the show notes, what would be your guess? Um, Just- I would feel like it would mimic like the most populated states. So maybe mm-hmm. that would be, I don't know. Florida, Texas, California, yep. New York, okay. PA, like so, those states would be my guess. Number five is Virginia. Oh, uh, Virginia, and I'm guessing the DC area as well. The stats don't break that down much. Then Pennsylvania. Okay. Then California, of course. California. North Carolina. Now that's an interesting one because it does have two great markets in it, Charlotte it and Raleigh. It does. Um, but I wouldn't have guessed that would be number two. No. And then... They're number one. Texas. Of course. Texas. Everything's bigger and better in Texas, including our listeners, at least the better part. Maybe not the better part. They are better down there. And then this last one, we're going to work from, again, from number five to number one. But these are the most popular episodes so far in order. And what I think is interesting is these are not, they don't go in chronological order. It's not like just because the audience has gotten larger over time, the most recent ones are the most popular. So Episode number five of popularity, which we'll link to in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to these. Old Habits Die Hard with Steve Shoemaker, episode number five. Episode number 19, Marketing Like a Girl with Elena Money. That was a fun one. All these, these are all fun, fun I was going to say, here. these might be some of my favorites for sure, too. Um, yeah. Episode number one, the original, Landing Pages Forever Sometimes. Uh, that's number three. Then episode number four is Fixing That Broken Community. Uh, something that I think you're going to be talking about at the Builder Show. Yes, I year. hope to be. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, that just inside baseball, that was our own market research is we we're like, what should we talk about or what should, what should we submit for Andrew to talk about at the Builder Show? It's like, well, at the time, this particular episode was far and away the winner in popularity and has continued right. to, to grow. And we're like, let's just talk about that. It's relatable because everyone has that one community that is driving them nuts. So it's like, yep. how can I fix that stupid thing? Get it done. And the number one episode of all time so far is episode number 14, Where Home Shoppers Go Online with Jake from Zillow. It's interesting. Again, we'll link to those. Go listen to them if you haven't already. Those are the best of the best so far. Load them up. All right. Quick little story time here. And hopefully I don't get, so I work out of a office, which is right by my home. And this is all tying into this into this story. It's maybe 0.8 mile. Like it's like two lights. I turn right both ways. Like I could be here in like two or three minutes. It's nice. There's two gyms like right here and right here. There's a new gym opening up and they used a super cool pre-sale process. I'm like, this is awesome. They are pre-sailing without failing. It is great. You know, which totally makes sense. And it's $10 a month. So they're, they're getting tons of people. They were all around the city, um, this little part of the city to get members. Mm-hmm. but as with any pre-sale, like there's nothing there yet. They're tearing down the old building, putting a new one up. There's of course going to be permit issues. There'll be delays. And so now they've been in this, we're on like almost month two of like, Hey, we're opening this weekend. We're having a big party. We're having food and all this stuff. Grand opening on Saturday. And then like two days later, eh, we're not having that canceled. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like almost comical now, like, cause I've had to do it two or three times. 
unfortunately it's not where someone is trying to move to they sold a home yeah, all that right and but it's like oh my goodness it's everything just with construction there there can be so many different speed bumps so I think one of the biggest misunderstood benefits of the pre-sale without fail program is just that you're not communicating anything until you are sure. Yeah. Of course, things are going to be delayed, but that's why you don't tell them. You don't have to tell them like it's time to go. Let's start pricing out, designing your homes, getting um, all the detailed information until you're 30 days away from signing a contract, which at that point, everything should be well locked in. And that's you got you got to do that cuz you're right. I mean, in this case they're a gym so they might still be okay, but for home builders, yeah, that's no financial commitment is just join and you wait. Well, that yeah, trust factor of I mean, if they yeah. can't tell me when they're going to start signing contracts, do I believe that that when they tell me I'm going to move in is when I'm going to move in or that, you know, everything else they tell me is going to is going to happen too. There's a right outside of my door like 6 feet in front of me. Do you hear it? Oh, wow. A, yeah, it's what is It'll be that? gone in like a minute. It's a uh, leaf blower. A blower. Oh no, we're keeping <laughs> that in. We don't. We don't keep it in. Podcast. It's like all. in this. Here we go. Let's not edit it. <laughs> he will like go right in the door and like I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's every Friday. Usually it's earlier, like closer to one. But oh, it's at least it's nice and clean outside, so I can't complain too, too yeah. much. I think I think he's on his way the other direction. Uh, I we are we are good. Good stuff. My story time is all about uh, my favorite R word, which is reports. Actually, it's my second favorite after results, but the four letter word. Um, I was just reminded again in talking to a couple folks who were inquiring about how we do what we do, um, home builders um, who want to learn more about, about what we do. And, and whenever we have that conversation, of course, they're talking about current relationships or, or how they're currently doing things. And a very common theme that pops up is reporting, and, and this was no different. And I just want to emphasize that how you get reports matters. If you can't go in and look at the, the data yourself, you don't have direct access to the accounts, that can be um, a, a warning sign. It doesn't mean that the person who's doing the work is bad, just there should be a little bit more transparency there. So if you have to wait and get a report sent to you and it's only in PDF or Excel format versus a link to something that, that you can. Um, slice and dice a little bit better. That's not ideally how you would be getting information about things that are important to you. Uh, consistency also is a big one. In this particular instance, um, these folks would get great um, detailed reports, but every other week it was kind of like the flavor of that week was what was being reported on. And so one metric was talked about in depth about how great it was. And then the next time they got the report, that metric wasn't mentioned at all. And so Essentially, what they were doing was just always highlighting what was working and hoping that in the meantime that they could get whatever wasn't working uh, fixed or, or looking better. And, and that's just human nature is obviously we, we want to try to cover up things that aren't working as well as we'd like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we also know that that's how you learn as a home builder and as a marketer is when those, you know, those things are going to happen. And if you try to always cover them up or you're not made aware of them, you can't improve and get better. So just make sure that um, how you're getting those reports is as transparent as possible and that they're have the same metrics on them all the time. The other one, and this is becoming quickly a pet peeve of mine, is when you ask a clarifying question about what's on a report, and you get kind of an answer that's not really an answer. And what I mean by that is if you ask a question, mm -hmm. A clarifying question and there's multiple parts to that clarifying question and they only ever answer you back on one part <laughs> or they just flat out kind of pretend like they just say no or yes without clarifying which part they're referring to that is not ultimately going to be helpful to you either be, be careful about how you ask questions and how you how you're getting answered and don't be afraid to circle back around and say could you please clarify that and if they can't clarify it to a point that makes sense I mean, Andrew, can you think of anything that we do that is so technically difficult or hard that we couldn't at least make up an analogy that would make sense to people? Um, I don't think so. I think it gets here, – here's a, a good example of, of one that like for us was a uh, – I think it was like a week ago. So ago, just like locations, like, hey, we're, we're looking to do this. Where should we advertise to? We've sold in these areas, but on this area, are we missing out on opportunity? 
based on like, hey, we're spending money over here, it looks like, but all of our sales are coming from this way. And so there's certain like, sometimes it could get super nerdy where it's like, this is just as clear as it's going to get. But anything that you're getting a report on, I think, say, cost per click, click through rate, impressions, like all those are like 100%. There's no interpretation of what they are um, ever. And, and I think that's have, oh, that's really oh. the, the key part of why I said this is becoming a pet peeve is I wish that a lot of the answers that we gave people were very simple one sentence answers, but yeah, they usually aren't. I mean, heck, you even had to teach me how to become the king of screenshots and arrows to be like, I I can't just tell you about this. I have to show it to you. And again, if you're if you've got a partner who you're not spending very much money with, or you know that you're going with a lower cost solution, then that's fine. I'm not asking everyone to to you know Mm -hmm. write back information, but just. If you are getting reports, just know that how you get the data does matter. That's, that's definitely, it. yeah. I, I think I always try to teach a little bit in the replies, but that's also like it's it's a selfish thing because I'm like, okay, if I teach this concept, then it's understood, and then you know, just like we're doing here, the podcast is the conversation is now elevated. elevated. Like, hey, we don't have to talk about that anymore. Now we're on to collegiate level marketing talk instead of middle school or high school, if that makes any sense. Exactly right. Exactly right. On to the news. We got three quick ones here for you this week. Yeah. Run us through this first one here. Yeah. This one comes from Builder Magazine and the headline is Building Cycle Times Lose a Step as Jobs Go Unfilled. Uh, There's probably more to it than just jobs being unfilled. There's also regulation and just how long the permit. This is how long from the time uh, of permit to completion of the home on average right now around the country. And so the shortest time is in the South Atlantic, and it's 6.4 months Woo. from the okay. time you pull a permit till the time the home is completed. Uh, all the way up to in New England right now, it's 10.4 months. And a lot of that has to do with there's just not enough um, contractors out there to get the work done. This is part of why home sale numbers are not as good as they, everyone would like them to be at times. This is why profitability is being squeezed. But... The reason I put this in here is it just makes visualization so much more critical. Um, you know, oh yeah, you have to show these buyers who are impatient and don't want to use microwave popcorn, but just bagged popcorn that's already pre-popped so they can open it and instantly eat it. They don't love waiting 10 months to get the thing that they're going to pay you half a million dollars for. It's not it can be a very frustrating part and a reason why a lot of people don't choose new construction. For sure. I wonder with that, like how much the regulation or the permitting side like attributes to. It is significant in areas. And and sometimes even in the same state, it's significantly different. Like Austin, Texas, you could be looking at two years or longer to get a project approved. uh, Whereas in Dallas, it's significantly shorter. So every area is going to be a little bit different, but it is significant. The tempting part about all this is that home builders then say, well, I'm just going to start more inventory because if mm-hmm. I can't build as quickly, my cycle time is longer, I'll have inventory available that can close. But ultimately, this, this is the long-term uh, lead up to a market correction that then kills some builders because they end up building too much inventory and they get stuck with it. Um, I remember, Andrew, when I, I had just moved to Pittsburgh, it was 2008, I called back to the builder that I started with in Columbus, Ohio. And I said, how are things going? And the market there had been dropping 40% a year, uh, two years in a row. Wow. And I said, well, actually, in some of our markets, we have hundreds of completely finished homes sitting on the ground, like entire towns worth of inventory. It's insane. <laughs> and um, so I think visualization is critical. Also, keeping buyers updated easily throughout the process. This long extended process becomes more critical to, to set those expectations. I think the upside is now you also have that longer chance to develop a real connection with your customers if you're doing things the right way. Um, I'm sure our guest will have some something to say about you know how um, visualizing options and selections and and even pricing at times on on this whole new build situation um, can positively affect things for builders uh, already today. But just it's That's hard it. to to sell a dream. Even when you have a model home of you can't have this for 10 months, that's, that's not exciting for customers. It's definitely not their favorite part is waiting. Yep. And then not knowing what's going on. Um, mini story. I got 
I got new headphones. They're not here yet because I have my ones I wear like the entire day. Mm-hmm. Like I can't need, I need to get some nicer ones from Bose uh, direct uh, for some reason. I'm like, oh, I'll just buy it directly from them. Oh no, cool. Amazon. I know. I, and that's well, and that's why Amazon is Amazon. So I order it, get an email confirmation suite. Cool. We'll send you shipping updates as soon as it ships. Okay, cool. Next day, come in to the office. I'm like, I wonder if those have shipped yet. No email, check my spam, all that. I'm like, okay, I wonder if they shipped yet. Wait till like the afternoon. Like, this is kind of crazy. Like, and usually I order with Amazon everything. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And I go to the site and I manually like put in my zip code, the order number, and I find out they're shipping that evening. But I was like, what? what in the world? Like Bose, like the premium headphones, I'm sure there's some that are nicer, but like top tier stuff. I'm like, they don't even have this right with, with keeping me updated versus Amazon's like, for us, it's okay. Delivery, we're eight steps away and here's the map of where the driver is. Here's this, because everything's going on. So that'd be very cool if builders had that with every little thing, if it wasn't a huge labor, like just keep you like updated somehow with, yep. the, with the whole process. Yep. So you're not. Uh, if your dentist can do it and your doctor can do it, why can't, why can't a home builder? That's right. That's right. Next one, real quick, uh, from TechCrunch. What's this one about, Andrew? So Facebook had quarter two results. Their stock dropped, was it like 23%, 22%? And it's the largest market share drop ever in history, like $100 billion, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Some crazy number. Um, Zuckerberg, quote, lost. You know, it's just the numbers, $15 billion or something. It'll go back up. But then you look at it, at least I look at it, I'm like, what do they expect? Like, there's these are like... Revenue growth is still 42% more year over year, quarter two, 2017 versus 2018. Like 42%, that's, that's a lot of money. Like that's mm-hmm. a lot more ads. Like how are they disappointed with that? But it's the, the quarter over quarter trend, like the other things they're looking for. But you know, Facebook is turning into, it's a mature product. It's not new. I don't know. They just can't expect the user growth to be as I want to know what's, fast, the, what's right? the population growth uh, you know, year over year, know. quarter over quarter, because to your point, and I had someone else bring this up on a call that I was talking to, they're like, well, I'm glad that you guys like, you know, Facebook and Instagram ads, but, but, you know, millennials, they're not on that. And I was like, what? Well, yeah, well I, mean, they're on one, Instagram. I'm, I mean, they're, they're both owned by the same company, but two, where, where else are they going to go? Where else they are don't. they? And so they're not always there mm-hmm. with their real name. Sometimes they use a pseudonym or, you know, they're just there to stalk and not actually interact because they don't want their parents to see what they're doing. I get all that, mm-hmm. but the, everyone in the world uh, who's technologically connected has either been either has an account or has been exposed to and chose not to. So, to your point about the slow user growth, it's like, yeah, I mean, the world. It has um, to be, yeah, and it's one of the two, which I think is cool. Like, they're and this isn't like invest in Facebook, but like Facebook, say if it's more active users are. 30 plus i'm just making numbers up and instagram might be more active users i don't know teens to 40 or something mm-hmm. like that like they got it covered like they got like the whole if you are connected digitally you're on one of the two there's twitter of course but you know say yeah. like in our we're not going to sell advertise homes on twitter at least i don't think we would that'd be an interesting test i don't I but the reason why we're talking about this is because to me, it makes total sense because we're seeing these same realities of in the, in the call, what they said was that they know that their margins are going to be lower. Well, they have to be because there are a lot of people who are seeing crazy increases in expenses there, you know, as high as $3 a click, $4 a click or more. And so what used to be at first was free, right? Then it became mm-hmm. some uh, somewhat annoyingly pennies. And now we're talking about, you know, a Benjamin in a little bit, just kidding. But you know, we're, it, it's, it is so expensive that a lot of advertisers are starting to say, we got to start finding something else. And so they have to find new ways to make that cost per click number stay low, which, which is going to, of course, translate to potentially lower margins, but still high volume. What's more n- nerve wracking to me, Andrew, is that I started to see, we love Columbus, Ohio, uh, television ads from Facebook. And <laughs> anytime That's I weird. see a tech company <laughs> highly investing in, in broadcast, I get nervous because then that does mean that pressure from somewhere, uh, whether it's growth or internal pressure to be cool and hip and on television, which is just bizarre. It's bizarre. When I saw that, I saw it first in my newsfeed, the same ad. And then I was mm-hmm. watching Big Brother. Um, that's my wife and I's summertime obsession. 
<laughs> and nice. uh, before I could quickly skip to through the commercials, I saw the same Facebook ad on television. I just thought that that's actually the only thing that I'm makes me nervous when I see that stuff. That is crazy. That is weird. We yeah we we cut the cord, so we are no commercials. Look at um, that. Except for Hulu. Like, why do you have commercials, Hulu? I'm calling you out right now. It's the strangest <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, like three years ago, we were on the weirdos that like did it super, super soon. Yeah, it's it's great. And our last one, you might have seen this already, but Google AdWords is no longer Google AdWords. Yeah. It is officially Google Ads. So now we could call it what we've always called it. It's official. There's a logo and everything. So yeah, we, we warned you that it was coming, but inevitably, um, I've gotten a few people like, what does this mean? What's changing? You know, the, the name Nothing. changed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. New, new logo, new name, uh, pretty much same everything else, but they are going to continue to roll out a lot more innovative features. We talked about last week, they're trying to become more like Facebook and Instagram and how they want you to target, yep. um, versus just keywords, but lifestyle events and, and other things. So. We'll continue to talk to you about it as new updates are rolled out. That'll do it for the news. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with Chad Bria from the BDX and talk about option visualization, uh, as well as the tool that they use to do that called Envision. But we're also going to talk more broadly about the pros and the cons of that and things that builders struggle with, why they struggle. But ultimately, what is the upside of this? Why should builders be doing it? I definitely believe they should be thinking about this. We'll oh, talk sure. about that more right after this. And we're back with this week's special guest, Chad Bria from the BDX, here to talk with us about uh, this week's 360 topic, which we're calling Let Them Build It and they will come. Chad, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you both for, for having me. Now, we've known each other since, uh, I think, around 2007, 2008. So almost, probably longer than 10 years at this point. And I think you were the first um, remote or like digital marketing uh, person that I ever spoke with at Heartland Homes when I was in Pittsburgh at the time. Could that be, could that be true? Uh, from far back from my perspective yeah it was probably um because i started with the bdx in in 06 um and there were you know and we were we were fairly small back then so um it's entirely possible we spoke within that first year that i was here yeah and that was back in the was it move.com era man it was actually it was actually before um before we uh sort of teamed up with move.com um we we actually competed with move.com in 07 and then in 2010, we kind of teamed up and uh, started sharing resources and helping each other. Yeah. So I've known Chad for a long time. And so he's been on the, on the short list to get on the podcast, but we finally, finally made it happen. So we're happy to have you here. Um, Chad, talk to us about your role at BDX right now, briefly, just so people have some context. I'm director of business development for Envision. Um, Envision is an online uh, interactive cloud-based tool to allow uh, shoppers to do um, uh, really to, to sort of dream up their home either in a pre-sales uh, uh, capacity or um, it allows them to build wish lists and do all of their due diligence pre-design center or whatever the, you know, all, all builders, of course, are different uh, depending on the process uh, of the builder. But generally speaking, it helps them um, visualize kind of what they want. Um, and that's all done through very specific manufacturer content. So it's not like we're asking someone like you, Kevin, to go out and, you know, do the marketing for Whirlpool. We're actually getting Whirlpool's marketing and pulling that in. Um, and then lastly, um, it's a lifetime sort of program. Uh, one of the nice things I've, I've built twice. I think I've probably mentioned this or I tell stories about it all the time. And uh, of course, you get done, you get this phone book uh, of, of paperwork, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, a set of keys and, hey, have fun. Um, and so, you know, when things go wrong, what happens, what happens at your, you know, if you're at month 13 for warranty issues, things like that. So what's kind of nice is you have an electronic backup of everything that is actually going in the house as well. So while the builder has my back, um, in terms of structural and, and, you know, any of the warranty uh, components that way, if my garbage disposal goes out in month 13, I actually have the troubleshooting guide directly from KitchenAid, 
that I can, you know, look up and research and try and troubleshoot and figure out on my own. That is great. I just had to replace my dishwasher in our house. And this is the only place I've ever lived that we didn't build. So I didn't have all that information. I'm like, son of a gun. Like, I mean, thankfully, dimensions are pretty similar on dishwashers. It's not like a fridge. But still, it was annoying because I couldn't just quickly and easily look up the piece I already had. And then what would be the easy, simple replacement? I've done the same. And I wound up with uh, doing more mopping than fixing of my dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) So with Envision, they can essentially build the inside of the house, make the selections they want on the builder's website with the Envision tool. What has been your experience talking with builders about how they typically make those selections with their customers? And so this would be like in-person and what problems and challenges do they have just like with the in-person? And then we'll connect that with letting them choose their self online and just contrasting those, those experiences. Sure. Um, we'll actually offer surveys to people, to home shoppers and home buyers and things like that. And we actually have a number of videos of people saying that the design center process is probably the most frustrating part um, because I have a 2,500 square foot home and I have four hours to <laughs> fill it. Um, and, that, mm-hmm. and that can be tough, especially if you don't really understand that. Um, uh, of course, every builder is different. You've got builders who have whole home options. You have builders who have room by room options. You have builders that have um, you know, structural changes and, and options. So, so nobody really knows what to expect. There's no sort of rule book. Um, and so what we try to do is help the builder, whatever the, again, whatever the process is, help them find a simpler way to get the information into a buyer's hands so that they can do that work pre-design center. So that same four hour appointment, um, they've now spent four, five, six, eight hours doing the research um, the, the joke I like to, uh, to throw out is so that your design center folks can actually design and not be marriage counselors. Oh, that makes sense. Cause you, I think we all know people that would take four hours to pick out a dishwasher, let alone <laughs> yes. the entire home. Um, just sounds, yeah. Some of us might be married to those people. <laughs> <laughs> not, not naming any Love names. You, honey. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, uh, that's actually one of the stories I use is we, you know, we built our, the house we built, um, that we sold about a, you know, last summer. Um, the design center process was actually, was actually a pretty good fight, uh, between my wife and I. And, um, uh, you know, we, of course, you know, the fact that we've built twice and we're still married, it says something about, uh, you know, we're okay, but, um, you know, the, it's, it's the little things, you know, you go in and you go, well, that, you know, the, the half wall is standard and the railing is $6,000. And, you know, just to kind of play the gender role, I go, well, six grand, that's too much. And my wife goes, no, it's a, it's a railing. It's beautiful. And that's, that's, you know, that communication that we just can't seem to have is, is sort of that, uh, the start of that issue. So being able to do that at Mm -hmm. home, um, you know, you guys were, you know, you were talking about Amazon earlier, you know, that it's the same kind of thing. Um, not, not to steal from Amazon or anything like that, but you know, the idea is you shop, um, at your leisure, you have those conversations on your own, you figure out what the math is. Um, we actually have a couple of tools that we've built in and and there's a lot of tools like this out there where you can figure out that that $6,000 railing is actually only $18 $18 a month. Oh, so it breaks out. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me sound dumb for arguing over six grand when it's $18 a month. When it, you know. Exactly. I, I think what we're talking about uh, on a bigger picture is trying to get to the holy grail. I'm, I'm somewhat smirking as I say this, but the holy grail of having your home purchase experience be more similar to your car purchasing experience or shopping online where We've all heard this a dozen times from from prospects to coworkers, you know, even back in 2007, people would knock on my door and be like, Kevin, why can't you just make this like shopping for a car where I can pick out everything online, put it all together and see what my house is going to be like? <laughs> well, because car manufacturers have maybe, you know, some of them do have more options than others. But at the end of the day, it, pick a trim level, pick three or four versions of that trim level and then pick lots of tiny, tiny, small, little things that don't change the function of the car. Whereas you add an extra extension to a house that may or may not change the roof line. Like it, there's very few purely cosmetic pieces that oftentimes we're, we're talking about. And, and that's an excellent comparison. The, the, um, you know, the shopping for a car, um, you know, what I, what I like to say is, you know, you, you go buy a new car, it's, all the trim packages and the extras and the bells and whistles, they're all from GE. So it's pretty easy to get that consistent mm-hmm. story. Whereas you build a house, there's 85 manufacturers. <laughs> it's 
it's like herding cats, you know, I've got to get Whirlpool and Kohler and Moen and, you know, all of these folks on, uh, you know, in, into the same sort of um, t- template, if you will, or, or uh, flow for the digital journey. Um, and how do you do that? How do you get all of that while you're busy marketing and selling homes? Yeah, I mean, I remember my approach um, because at the time, I, this was probably, gosh, probably before I ever saw Envision for the first time as well. We just made a PDF document. Um, and I, we, my team and I went through the hard work of finding pictures from Kohler of every one of their faucets that we use and putting it into this PDF that then we would hyperlink together and people could then download that and look at it. But as soon as the purchasing manager came by and said, yeah, we're going to roll out a whole new line of, of faucets, you're just like, oh my gosh, just the maintenance of that alone. Mm, yeah. Um, and we'll get into more of that, how Envision's helping that. But at the end of the day, what we're talking about Chad is giving more, giving customers even more information, sometimes upfront before they even become a lead. Uh, for sure, once they come out and buy from us before they come to the design studio. But do you hear any common themes from builders about concerns they have giving away more of that information earlier in the process? Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, you know, we, we, it's, and what's interesting is kind of 50 50. We have, you know, half of the builders I speak with say, oh yeah, we want to throw this out there. We have nothing to hide. It helps us. And then the other half say, I don't want my competitors to see it, or I don't want to scare a buyer off before they come and, you know, look at the house, you know, or, or understand the starting from price. And, um, you know, so, so we do have sort of both. There's really no middle ground, like, eh, let's try it. You know, it's either I hate it or I love it. Um, but the interesting thing is the builders that have embraced it, and there's, there's only a handful right now who have really just put it all out there. Um, the story that they tell during the sales process is no longer, you can trust us, right? And however they tell that story or, you know, if it's testimonials, videos, things like that. Um, but they, but they really don't have to worry about that. What else are they hiding type of issue that we tend to get in home building because the starting firm price is, you know, $299, but when all said and done, it's $358, right? Yeah. It's like, what does that really mean starting from in this? Yeah. Right. Unveil that curtain. Yeah. Let, let them know. Well, on most home builder websites, it means that you get that black and white line drawing that they show, show you, <laughs> right? And the, and the four sentence description, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's why we got to get more transparency on this information out there. But yeah, I mean, Chad, we were on a call with a builder last week uh, where I saw the newer version of the Envision tool that you guys have now. And we were having that same conversation about, you know, gosh, when do you show pricing versus here's all the here's all the components like the Lego pieces and the Lego set that can become your your dream home, but do we want to or have to tell them the cost of the green brick versus the blue brick or you know this faucet that faucet the extensions? Talk to us a little bit about how um, home builders are approaching that. Sure, um, and, and it really is. It, it's kind of you know it, it depends on each builder obviously. But what we really try to talk to them about and recommend is, is sort of a, a browser version, a hybrid version, and then a, a, a buyer version, buyer meaning post-contract pre-design center, um, where, you have, where you have access to everything. Um, and um, this has actually come about from builders using uh, the tools and kind of playing, some, you know, playing around with things and watching their numbers and pulling reports. And uh, your, favorite, your second favorite R word, word I think, is uh, the reporting. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and so what some builders will do is, is in, the, in the browser version, right, on my website, um, I've got, uh, you know, the, the Ventura two-floor plan. And inside of that, we load kind of all of the manufacturers that can be uh, put into that home. And again, that depends on what, what a builder wants to show. Maybe they don't want to get into flooring because it's terribly complicated. So, so we can turn off categories and things like that. Uh, but it's enough information so that if, for instance, um, I, I decide I'm looking at, you know, Kevin Oakley Homes, I'm a shopper, and I see that you put Whirlpool appliances, you know, that you, you, you have all three levels of Whirlpool you can put into your homes, instead of me leaving Kevin Oakley's website and going and finding that on Whirlpool, you're giving me access to all of the things that I would be able to put into your homes, you know, on your website, right? So you're keeping my time, you're giving me that, that complete journey. But maybe you turn the pricing off, right? Or turn flooring off or turn a category off. Just depends on, uh, again, what you want to do. And then uh, for a lot of our builders, when they have serious people who are, are kind of excited, they're looking at that venture or two and they're thinking about what lot they want to put it on. 
um, you know, or you know, in which neighborhood. Um, then a builder might give them a, kind of a hybrid version where they turn on a fake lot, right? So I put it in phase three, it's lot 52 that's not even available for, you know, the next 10 or 12 months, but it allows them to now see pricing and get a little bit more serious. Now, all, all the while, I have a whole design center manager tool that allows me to be big brother and watch what they're doing, <laughs> right? So I'm learning nice. on, uh, you know, uh, on, you know what, what they're doing, like what they part. like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I can start to see that now. And now I have some things I can talk to them about. I can talk to them about, you know, the Whirlpool or the Gourmet Kitchen or, you know, whatever might be exciting them, wherever they're, they're kind of wishlisting and adding things. Um, and then what I can do is if they get very serious, and we actually have a builder who opens up their design center every other Thursday, um, they, uh, to the public and to those folks that uh-huh. have that hybrid will come in and spend time with a salesperson in the design center as opposed to a model. And they write a handful of contracts every other Thursday at their design center um, from that hybrid model. And they will flip them then to uh, you know, a lot in the neighborhood that's active, not phase three or phase two or whatever you know, in the future. Uh-huh. And they keep that entire journey instead of starting over. Um, uh, they keep all of that. And so now I'm assigned to the Ventura 2 and Lot 43 in the Tuscany neighborhood. And it's all legitimate. And I've signed a contract. I've put money down. And now we put the financial information. And I can spend more time actually designing out the house the way I want. That is um, That was the missing piece for a lot of design studios that were built pre-downturn. Um, I remember um, pre and during the downturn, I remember one design center in particular that, that had a build-out cost of about $3 million, was in a prime retail location. And at the time, the home builder was expecting to generate X number of sales out of just the, you know, honey, let's go to the mall with the kids. Oh, look, there's a design studio. Let's walk in. We bought a house. Really retail. Okay. Okay. I didn't get that part. It's like right there. Yeah. Interesting. As you can imagine, that ended up not working out for almost everybody that I've ever heard try that. But what you're saying is much more uh, uh, modern current approach, which is the traffic is not unknown traffic it are these it, it are the, it is these people who are more interested and have shown um that that they're serious coming out intentionally to come see me which is what our online salespeople do that we teach with our with our builder partners is you know we're not trying to motivate the unmotivated i.e the people walking through the mall randomly it's the people who want to know more give them the tool but then you're you're saying this builder is completing that circle by saying if this is the thing that you're really getting excited about, come here and buy the house at the design studio. Exactly. I mean, if, if you look at it from the perspective of, um, you know, where we spend most of our time, we spend eight hours a day in our master suites, right? So, um, and I actually heard you say this, you know, years ago, you should have like 15 pictures of your master suite because that's where you spend your time. Yeah. Um, Kitchens and owner suites. That's it. So, if those are so important to us, why aren't we showing all of that? Why aren't we getting people excited about actually living in the space? Amen. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So are people using the tool as a like a way to generate lead or has it been a mix or, or what's what's the setup there? So that, and that's a really, really good question. It kind of goes back to the, the question Kevin asked, which is, you know, are people putting it all out there? Um, we only have a handful of builders who are using uh, this tool as a... Uh, as a pre-sales tool. Um, but, the, okay. but the ones who are, are actually experiencing somebody who comes in. Uh, now, the process isn't necessarily they just see Envision, but they come in, they play around maybe inside of a kitchen and they start a wish list, which is the, you know, that starts the equal exchange. So we ask them to register. Um, mm-hmm. So the builders mm-hmm. who put that out are actually closing about 30% of those leads. That's great. Nice. Yeah, I mean that. So what you're saying is the the tool is available to use in it because what you when you I mean you said it rather like oh of course they just start going to the kitchen and creating a wish list like that is that alone is a functionality that I'm sure 99 percent of the people listening wish they had the ability uh, on a floor plan to start making a wish list with real options of some kind. But that, if we just assume that that is um, simple and normal, you're saying once they go to save it, that's when you're recommending. Hey, let's let's trade some information. Right. Here. Yeah. So you would have to, um, you know, it's tough to kind of explain without seeing it. But it, each and every product inside of it right. has a has a little wish list drop down. Um, you know, add to my wish list, and yeah, as soon as you do that, it asks you to register. Um, but that yeah. And this that's one. This way. might be a crazy question, but are they able to say someone they create the wish list and they're now 
spending, you could be like, oh, cool, this person spent 12 hours like with the with with Envision. Is someone then able to have personalized emails to them? Like, hey, just want to send this to you. It's a new style whatever we have going on. So right now, that's something that has to be personalized. You, ha- you would have to take the time and research mm-hmm. that buyer. There's no sort of predictive um, analysis right now of, oh, well, Chad likes this kind of kitchen and this kind of, you know, um, let's send him this. Um, but it does allow you to go in and actually I could log in, um, you know, let's say hypothetically, I give you Andrew a username and password today. If you log in 10 times, I know you logged in 10 times. I know where, you know, that you logged in and when you logged in. I know what you looked at, which rooms, um, if you wish listed items, I know what you like. I can start to develop kind of a style for you if I'm a a designer, which I am not. Um, (laughs) And then I can offer you things or, um, you know, we have builders who are taking it to another level and they're going, well, we actually want to work with GE on offering deals for people who put the, you know, the Mac daddy GE appliance package in their wish list, but don't actually buy it. What can we work out with GE on how to encourage them to... To put that so so there's you know you can imagine the potential in knowing your shoppers and knowing them that that you know intimately yes very cool at, at the risk of making it a very unaudio friendly um, only uh, medium with the podcast but a lot of builders you'll be familiar with the word take rate you know of the of the times that people could choose this option what percentage of them take it. And when you overlay uh, in a spreadsheet, take rate with profitability per option, what you're saying, Chad, is if you've got an option that makes you 85% margin at the price you set it, and everyone's really interested in it, but they're not taking it, well, if I could reduce that margin slightly, give them an incentive to purchase that, why would I not do that? You know, Versus making 20% on the first upgrade, I could make 60% on the third upgrade because people definitely want that, but at 80%, they're not interested in, in taking the next step. I think that's that's huge for for the few design studio managers listening. Um, that's going to get them super excited. I, I, I agree. I think um, what's, what's interesting is this is all data, right? So if you've got somebody who can really analyze it and, you know, um, look at how they can improve or change buying habits or, you know, take, take your pick on all of the things you can do. Um, the data is there and it stays there and you're able to access it at any time, at any level, community, regional, divisional, you know, by buyer, by product, by discontinued product, you, you name it, you have access to it. And the other thing that I've been thinking about as you're talking is um, I've been involved in building three homes and the, and the first one that we built, obviously, as a young couple, the whole design studio experience was simply about how do we get in and out of there spending the absolute least amount of money possible. <laughs> and I think <laughs> it was with Rockford Homes in Columbus, Ohio. And I bet we spent maybe 15 minutes in the design studio. My peer record. And I bet, yeah, I bet we didn't spend more than like an extra $6,000 on upgrades. I mean, it was... It was minimal, but that was just the mind frame that we were at as a first time buyer. And when I go back to that, but you're saying people want access to that information. They want to know more about it before they go. So one, it was causing us stress because we were like, oh my gosh, like we, we can't spend more money on that. Um, but two, just that thing that we've talked about a couple of times, Andrew, uh, the more you research something, the more you begin to care about it. Yes. So Yep. And then you end up spending more on it in the in the end. And so let's talk about my favorite P word, Chad, profit. <laughs> um, we all like that. I imagine this tool is not inexpensive because you guys are going out and talking to manufacturers and getting all this data plugged in. Um, you're making it as easy as possible for builders to, to use it. But I'm guessing it probably does cause people to upgrade more in the end, right? That's correct. On average... Um, across all builders, all markets, everything, we see an increase in option sales from the standard, right? So if I'm selling 10,000 today, um, up mm-hmm. 30%. Wow. So that's not 30% from nothing. That's from whatever options a builder is selling now, 30%. Correct. So if I'm at, if I'm doing, you know, t- 10%, $10,000, we're seeing an average of, of a 30% increase. So 13,000 or 13%. That's real money. I mean, builders are scratching and clawing to figure out how to save a hundred or two hundred fifty dollars in a house without giving up things that customers value. So you're talking about being able to add thousands. Um, that's that's a that's a big big deal. 
Let's shift um, for a second and clarify what we were talking about in terms of visualization. Envision is not primarily a visualization tool like build it all out and then you're going to see your finished home in front of you exactly as you selected, right? Not today. Correct. (laughs) Quick commercial break. I am... I am and always will be partial to the following brand. So when you said replace your standard with a Kohler, you should always do that. Just <laughs> always do that. Uh, Kohler, Anderson, Whirlpool, and Lennox. Uh, those those four brands to me, uh, and and um, Tyvek Home Wrap. I would never build a house without that. But but talk talk about the value of of the brands and and being able to incorporate that um, into the builder's story. Anyone doing anything interesting there? Um, we, we haven't seen anybody jump out and really take advantage of what they could. So let's, we'll pick on Kohler. I actually am a big fan of Kohler too. Um, and Kohler was actually one of the original manufacturer founders of Envision back in like 2002 or three, something like that. Wow. Um, uh, I think they saw this vision way back then. Um, so, so you could actually build sort of a gourmet or a Kohler kitchen or a whirlpool gourmet kitchen. You could do that by taking all of these different components and, and do what you know what you might call ingredient branding. Um, you see a lot of this these days. Um, since, since since you know me, Kevin, I, you know I'm a big fan of the Oreo McFlurry. There's ingredient branding. Um, <laughs> you know I'm a big fan of the Re- the Reese's uh, Coffee Mate. I don't know if you've had that yet. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, I highly suggest you pick it up. Um, it, it's the same concept. I mean, those are very very popular right now. Um, Intel Inside probably did it first way back when, right? Um, it, it's yep. the same concept. You build a Kohler kitchen or a Whirlpool Kohler kitchen, and you're able to do this with all of their marketing, all of their products. Um, I will tell you my favorite Whirlpool story. Um, it's it, it involves a pizza pocket. Are you guys familiar with the pizza pocket? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh man, you're taking me back. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> so the the pizza pocket is the uh, you know it's it, it's a it, it's a feature Whirlpool put into their freezers because you uh, there's just no room to put a frozen pizza in almost any freezer. Right. They're not, they, they didn't communicate very well. If it's a side by side, you're putting it in ski wonky. Right. Um, uh-huh. So Whirlpool's yep. done the research, the marketing. We all know Whirlpool's a very, very smart company. Um, and they put a pizza pocket in it. It's one of the features they talk about in the freezers that have this particular feature. Well, how would you know that as a home builder? <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you, you really wouldn't. So by incorporating all of what Whirlpool's already done and Kohler's already done and um, you know, pick, pick any brands, um, you're really creating that ingredient home, uh, whether it's a kitchen or a master bath, or, you know, like you said, you know, even Tyvek, you can, you can talk about those things in an interactive way. And those are differentiators, right? Um, so what I like to say is your first sale is a new home, right? Why used versus new? Um, your second sale is why you as a new home builder in your marketplace, and this is a great opportunity for that ingredient branding to make uh, that differentiator for you as a builder. Yeah, we we tried to hit the easy button at Heartland to follow up on that. We we wanted to pair with brands that people would recognize. Some builders would argue we would then overpay for materials because of that, but we found our true value of having them incorporated. And and the free prize inside for us was like you're saying, people would come in and tell the salesperson like, "Oh my gosh, can you believe my heat and glow fireplace?" Tim, don't hate me. I can't believe I forgot you. That's my fifth heat and glow uh, fireplaces. But I can't believe how great that looks. Or did you realize this feature about this, the the KitchenAid um, fridge? And our salespeople are in their mind thinking, no, I had no idea. But we were able to play off of the innovation of the partners that we that we put into the home. So I think that's, but keeping up with it to your point, if you had to do it yourself, it was a lot of extra work for us. Oh, yeah. um, on the marketing team and and just having it there and available for people to find and discover on their own uh, using a tool like Envision. That's pretty awesome. All right. Andrew's got one last question. Yeah, that ties in perfectly with my question. Um, what would be the typical, well, I guess it'd be a startup or integration time if someone's like, hey, I want to do this. How long does that take from start to finish so that a potential customer could start using the tool? Um, you know, it, it generally it takes about three to four months. Um, and the reason it takes so long is because uh, the solution actually touches everything you do as a builder, right? So we need to make it look like your website. So I'm not leaving, uh, you know, your website and going to Envision and it mm-hmm. looks different. So we have to do that. We have to uh, match up your floor plans, your neighborhoods, you know, everything uh, with the specific manufacturers because 
we don't want to put the wrong fridge in the wrong home and set expectations that are unrealistic. Um, You know, and there's a lot of um, uh, potentially um, integration if if a builder wants to integrate with uh, an ERP system or or a CRM system. And uh, and then we want to test it all. What is what is ADRP? Did you just sneeze, or does that mean something? I said I said ERP. I, I said ERP. ERP. Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. Inter- what is that? Enterprise. Now, there be people still. What sure, your that? enterprise resource planning. Your 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 operation software. What's running your business? Like an IHMS or yep. uh, uh, Constellation or that kind. It, it, exactly. Exactly right. Um, because they hold your options and your pricing and everything. We, you know, it, ideally we want to communicate with those. And IHMS is a great example. We have a couple of builders we're working with today who use IHMS and uh, and pulling the options out just saves a lot of work and time on on everyone's part. And then uh, uh, yep. you know, just making sure it works um, all the way through, tying everything together. Um, you know, without kind of seeing it. Obviously, we're on a podcast, but uh, we have this wonderful sort of Pinterest feel to it. So it's. Uh, it, it stays sort of in line with how you might look for things, projects, hobbies, mm-hmm. remodels, things like that. Um, and uh, but again, you're controlling the information, so I'm not seeing that wood burning furnace that's illegal to build in the United States, right? <laughs> right. Chad, thanks so much for coming on. I I want to just kind of wrap this up by saying, at first blush, or if you've hung through here not this is not necessarily the most sexy topic i I mean if we wanted to let's talk about more about instagram ads and blah blah blah. but this is a integral and um it's not just important if you really are connected to your builder and you understand how other departments work and how customers are how their experience is going right now with your home builder and your and your marketer right now you should be really excited not necessarily just because of this particular tool, but because you better be thinking about and having these kind of conversations. Because if all you're doing is making how you go to market from an advertising perspective slightly better and all the rest is the same, that's when you have to be worried or fearful about an Amazon-like effect where someone just comes in completely revolutionary in their approach, which is not a complete revolutionary idea overnight. Someone has iterated and make change and, and caused improvement to happen. And so while this is complicated, even from a, I mean, you said three month integration, like that just tells you it's complicated. Just remember that complex uh, doesn't equal wrong and simple and easy does not equal right. That's how we're trained as humans to think about it. You're like, oh gosh, three months, that sounds like, but the beauty of of doing the hard work is that you will then become an exceptional builder or an exceptional marketer. Marketer. Um, so just that's why we wanted to talk about this is because this is an area that consumers have been frustrated by for too long. And so home builders need to find an answer and hopefully your competitor doesn't figure out an answer first. And again, I'm not not not, not a final sales pitch for Envision by by any means. Just this this is a pain point that you better be thinking about and find a way to address. Chad, any final thoughts? No, I say I, I think that's the summary. I think the digital journey is where everybody's heading, and it's a it's a nice fit. And well, shoot, if you can get Whirlpool to do it for you, <laughs> why not? Exactly, exactly right. Chad, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you both. It was, it was fun. And we're back. That was a great interview. I can't wait until we get to see, say, five years from now, two years from now, hopefully not that long. Like every builder's website has some type of building tool like that where you can envision yourself actually living in the home. Oh, do you think that's why? Did you do that on purpose or is that why they called it? Envision? You know, I think they're pretty smart. I think (laughs) think that's on purpose. I hope so. If not, I don't know. Be sneaky. It's going to be on purpose. Envision. Um, There, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it is, they're taking a lot of the hard work off of the builder. Obviously not every builder is going to be able to do that. It's, it's not an inexpensive solution, although you can make more money on, on option sales when you implement it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's some low tech ways too, that you can take at least baby steps. And one of those is, especially on the 20% of your floor plans that sell 80% of your sales for the year. Mm-hmm. Why don't you list out, just list out the five most popular options that have been selected yeah. uh, 
from a structural standpoint. With so pictures, you say, like, and yeah. pictures, that would be even better. Like, with the picture, like option, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's uh-huh. like low tech. Like, I don't know why. I don't know if there's, there's got to be builders that are doing that. Like have real photos of say the cabinet design colors or the wood trim options. And it's organized by that, like the, the, the upgrade. I don't think the cabinet colors to me, it's just, I, I go to the structurals as a starting point, just saying that here's yeah. the Stanford elevation, a B C and D a lot of builders will show that. But then to say the most popular structural upgrade options on the Stanford in the past, how many years or whatever has been uh, a sunroom, the two foot extension on the right hand side, the extra windows in the study and um, the vaulted ceiling option in the master uh, bedroom. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that, just it, it helps the homeowner feel more confident about their own choices. They can be influenced and say, oh, well, I was on the fence about this, but I just think there's lots of um, positive and, and easy ways to kind of tiptoe into this as well. But at the end of the day, beyond the time frame frustration, there's just so much frustration because we're being trained by all these other brands we interact with. Why can't I just know more about this? I know. And it does. What's the big, uh, I, I have like a category of words in my brain that I call agency words, but this I feel like is demand generation. And so having mm-hmm. the, having their experiences like, cool, I like this home. I'm planning to reach out to this builder. And then they're back on the website because they're, you know, it's a, it's a big investment. They're excited, excited to live somewhere better than they are currently in a new home building up that demand of like, oh, we can go with the vaulted and the master's, the owner suite. <clears throat> we could do this. Oh my, I had no idea that I could do that. So building that demand a month before they actually make that decision. Yep. Uh, and in terms of demand generation, what we've been looking at with a lot of our builder partners on our calls this past month has been the difference in the amount of time on the website between their average uh, visitors' time on site and those who complete a conversion goal. So fill out a form. Oh, this is good. Uh, become a call. And in almost all cases, I should make this very factual by putting them all in a spreadsheet and to sum it all up. But essentially, it's almost double. So mm-hmm. when people ask, what's a good time on site? In the past, I've always said, you know, as long as it takes them to convert and no longer, because you could have 10, 15 minute time on site and they never take the next step because you have terrible calls to action. Yep. So that would doesn't mean that longer is always better. But in this case, what I've started to kind of hone in on is for most builders, if you go into analytics and you can see this data, the right amount of time on site is double what your current average is. So if your average person spends two minutes on the website and you pull out those who convert, it's going to be four. Or if your average is three, it's going to be six. And so what we're talking about, again, in like the eighth different way to get back to the same point is you've got to have more content and mm-hmm. not just pictures. That's definitely part of it. But what can I do to this home? What are my options? What, what, are, my, what are my choices here? Yeah, they, Especially a new home should give you some choice. They want we those have, answers to the questions like, oh, can we do this? And they want to know, well, I don't, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, Professional Builder has an article on their website. Um, I'll try to find it and link to it, but something like 75% of the people that were surveyed by Ashton Woods in a recent home buyer survey said that they expected to be able to personalize uh, some portion of their home. And that was what they were excited about. 75%. Almost everybody. I'll say this. Yeah. <laughs> That's my math. <laughs> Almost everybody. There you go. Exactly right. Uh, All right. Uh, let's do the new question of the week, which is... Um, do you use a dedicated design studio as part of your customer experience now? And then why or why not? We already had, we love it when people start helping each other in the Facebook group, which is totally free, by the way. Someone asked me, how much is it to join the Facebook group? Uh, there is no cost. No cost. Uh, that, that, that cracked me up. Um, but people helping people in that Facebook group, there's been quite a few questions about um, design studios, uh, exterior color schemes. Um, and, and kind of that process. So that combined with our guest today, I think that'll be a good, good thing for all of us to share our experiences on. Not every builder needs to have a design studio, but most probably do. <laughs> Perfect. 
All right, that'll do it for this week. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more. You can find almost all members of our team. We've got to get the last uh, holdout on there, but reach out, connect with them, ask some questions, and we'll see you next week. Bye.